At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. What's going on, guys? Welcome to this week's episode of the Weekly Warrior Podcast. Today, Bones and I sit down and talk about something near and dear to our hearts, the great city of Detroit. Detroit has experienced some hardships in the last few years, but it is back on the rise, and we're going to share with you some of our experiences, and Bones is going to give you a crash course in the up-and-down history of Detroit. We hope you enjoy this episode of the Weekly Warrior. And if, if I drink bourbon, I'm not going to work out in the morning. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. So might as well drink Prosecco. Not water. <laughs> Don't drink water. Like Now you make me feel stupid. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of my duty to give you a little, little pinch there. Get me a bourbon now. <laughs> Did you just tell Connor that? I yelled it. I don't know if she heard me. Oh. Why doesn't she want to come on with us? Um, I think this is just more of a me and you, me and you thing. I don't think she doesn't want, she doesn't not want to. It's just more me and you. Welcome to the weekly warrior this week. It is just Corey and myself. What up? Hello, Corey. Hello, Bones. This is a weekly podcast. Every Friday, we get out something worthwhile to your life. And it's Extremely worthwhile. Awesome. Yes. It's always, yeah. This week, <clears throat> we are going to discuss the Motor City and the resurgence of this beautiful town. You know what the coolest part about our podcast is? I'm just going to like throw this out there. Real I would quick. love for you to give me something random like that. Yes. The coolest part about what we're what we do is we can literally I mean, we can talk about anything. And by no means are we experts on like we're going to talk about Detroit today. Yeah. And we'll share the reasons why. But by no means are either one of us like experts. But the co- the weekly warrior is literally supposed to be. it. I mean, everybody I mean, we are the epitome of everyone out there who's like grinding every day. Like, you know what I mean? Like we Mm -hmm. might not be experts, but like, we'll talk about it. I had a super cool experience the last two weeks in Detroit and now we're going to share it and we're going to talk about it and we're going to give a little bit of backstory. I like you when you drink Prosecco. Oh yeah. You're fun. So much fun. You should drink more Prosecco (laughs) and you could just talk about anything. This is fun. It's so much fun. It's my manly drink. It's your manly drink. Yep. Okay. Are you ready? Dude, I'm ready. 1701. Wow. A fine year. Yep. This was when Detroit was founded. 
by Antoine de la Mothe Kedzilek. <laughs> <laughs> he established a fort and a settlement on the site. And in fact, he didn't call it Detroit at first because he was French as hell. He called it. Can you do, do you know what he called it? I don't know. Probably like Detroit. Or that, something. That's exactly it. You're a fucking genius. How'd you know that? Wow. It's Detroit. Be- be- because it's the French, I mean, like, it's the French yeah. version of Detroit. I don't know. We all got a little French in us. French fries. Yeah. Detroit. Detroit. Detroit went on as just a fort and a settlement for about 100 years, and then it burnt to the ground. Mm. In 1805, Detroit was completely destroyed by fire. And in the same year, uh oh sorry i messed that up 1805 detroit was completely destroyed by a fire yeah i'm not going to edit that out because i'm human and i don't care the citizens took this opportunity to rebuild detroit in a better manner afterwards after like the whole the whole the fort burned down yeah i'm pretty sure it was just i I wasn't there i don't know all the facts i'm pretty sure it was just a fort and maybe a couple little houses on the outside like like an outlying settlement type thing yeah it wasn't much it was the fucking 1805 you know probably they had a couple horses and yeah yeah like you could say hi to your neighbor and that would be it (laughs) yeah so it was wasn't until 10 years later that uh detroit achieved the status of city and it was named the state capital Oh, yes. And it served as a state capital from 1837 until 1847, until, of course, the capital was moved to the wonderful Lansing, Michigan. Interesting. I didn't know that Detroit was the capital of Michigan. It was for quite a a while, actually. Yeah. Yeah. They were actually going to make Houghton the capital, too, before they made Lansing. Houghton, like like up north Houghton. Yeah, Houghton, all the way in the UP, because there was a lot of people up here mining, a lot of people. Oh, okay. That makes more sense. Yep. Lots of people. Um, So, yeah, you know, flash forward through the 1800s, blah, blah, blah. Stuff's going on. It's growing. It's growing. It's growing. A number of visionary entrepreneurs designed automobiles that appeal to ordinary Americans. Maybe you can think of one. With the result that automobiles became a mass market. Can you think of anybody? You know, my mind is sort of drawing a blank. His, his, His name rhymes with schmord. Uh, or s'mores. It was s'mores. Yeah, it was. It was like William, you know, Henry Ford, Henry William Ford, whatever. Yeah, Henry Ford. Was his name William? I think his middle name was William. Mm. No, no, it was. I think it's no. I, I don't know. I'm not an expert on this. Uh, I but Henry Ford. Yeah. Yeah, Henry Ford. Yeah. Yeah, he's pretty popular. You know, he made the assembly line, made Detroit what it is. Um, along with Allen Park, they had a very experienced trained workforce due to its position in railroad and manufacturing. And the city of Detroit and Allen Park, which is a suburb of Detroit, was well located to both receive raw materials and deliver finished automobiles to the market. And this mm-hmm. really put Detroit on the motherfucking map. Mm-hmm. That's what built it. Henry Ford, we can thank him. I heard he was, was kind of an asshole, but man, he built a city. Yep. Yes, yes, yes. I, I'm assuming you can probably think of another thing that Detroit is famous for. Can you think of it? Yeah. What's that? Music. Uh, yes. It's not music, but Detroit is known for wonderful music. It's something else uh... to do with the mouth. 
the mouth. Uh, Coney dogs. <laughs> You're on fucking fire today. <laughs> wow. Yeah. The Coney dog. It's a misconception that the Coney dog, also called the Coney Island hot dog, originated at Coney Island in New York, where Nathan's popularized the basic Frank in a bun. Because in 1917, Gust Kuros, I have no idea if that's how you say it. I'm sorry if I fucked it up. A Greek immigrant opened up an American Coney Island in West, on West Lafayette Street in downtown Detroit. No way. Yes, the Coney dog came from Detroit. And obviously, no one can really say, because who knows, someone may have made a freaking Coney dog anywhere else. But the fact Detroit had so much volume of Coney, and the, it was so popular yeah. here in the early 1900s, that they coined the creation of the Coney to Detroit. I literally ate at Lafayette Coney Island. It's on like West Lafayette. Yeah, it's yeah. It, it's been there since 1917, bro. Wow. Yeah. So actually, a few years later, in 1924, um, he brought his brother, his brother William, to Detroit to help him out. Uh, Gus did. So both of these brothers opened the Lafayette Coney Island, where the space opened up oh. next door. They expanded. The business has operated continuously in the same location ever since. And what's really cool about Coney's is not only there. I mean, everybody know has a Coney Island or like has had a hot dog with you know the meat, onions, mustard, right? It's really popular. Each, there are a few states with their own style of Coney, but in Michigan, there are like five signature styles of Coney. So you have Flint, you have uh, Kalamazoo, you have Detroit style, and you have two others. I don't know, but it's just super cool that, I don't know, it's hot dogs. That's that's amazing though. I mean. Yeah. It's a worldwide worldwide phenomenon. Yeah. Started in Detroit. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyways, Detroit wasn't always so glamorous, wasn't always Coney dogs and automobiles. Um, We all know about the riots, but about two decades earlier than that, June 20th, 1943, over a period of several days, mobs of both uh, blacks and whites attacked members of the other race. Federal troops were actually called in to restore order, but not before 34 people have killed. So really, there's a lot of racial tension in the mid-1900s as it was everywhere in Mm -hmm. the country but detroit was especially potent because there were so many african-americans and so many white there was just so diverse that things this was almost like a breeding ground of just this tension and like Mm -hmm. i said two decades later july 1967 african-american residents of detroit uh rioted the immediate cause of the riot was a police raid on an after hours drinking club in an in an african-american neighborhood uh, the police apparently found far more people there than expected, yet still attempted to arrest 82 people, which is fucking insane. Um, the deeper cause of this riot, which caused $45 million in property damage and 45 lives were lost, wow. uh, was police brutality, basically, is what made it boil over. Anyways, the National Guard, the U.S. Army, uh, that story is super popular. and It was kind mm-hmm. of a black mark, a black eye on, on the city's history. Yep. Um, but, I mean, we bounce back. The racial tensions still exist, I think, everywhere, but have been replaced by a lot of prosperity, especially in the 80s and 90s. The city began to experience revival. I found this really interesting that Henry Ford literally built, helped build the city of Detroit to what it is. And there's always one person, one really rich guy, <laughs> it seems like, that kind of helps the city out. <laughs> and it moves into Mike Illich. 
who, mm. I mean, he moved Little Caesars Pizza's headquarters down to Detroit. Um, then you have um, damn ass. Uh, well, you have Dan Gilbert who put yeah. uh, Quicken Loans HQ. He has Little Caesars Arena, Comerica Park. I mean, there's these people that these guys, Henry Ford, Dan Gilbert, uh, Mike Illich, that just pump money into downtown Detroit. And Gilbert has actually pumped 5.6 billion since 2009, wow. which is fucking wow. wild. Yeah. That so is, that's crazy. That all started back in the eighties and nineties. And of course shit got crazy in the recession. And it's this like, we were young at this point. We, what, we were in high school. We were young in the eyes of the world. We were like, yeah, 15, 16. Yeah. When all that shit was going down in Detroit with the recession and then Kwame Kilpatrick. Yeah. Kwame fucking yeah. crazy. Yeah. Nutty time with all of that slapped into one. Like obviously the recession hit Detroit harder than anywhere else because of the automobile industry here. And when that mm-hmm. failed, like Detroit just went down the freaking shitter. Yeah. Um, and you had Kwame stealing mail fraud, wire fraud, racketeering. He was sentenced to 28 years in prison. There's another black guy in the city. Yeah. Um, and we're going to get into how all this has turned around because it's 2019. This was 10 years ago. Yeah, um, it does not feel like that long ago, but I guess it was. Yeah, things have turned around pretty freaking quick. Yeah. Um, and then actually in 2013, I didn't realize it was only six years ago that Detroit was placed uh, into bankruptcy protection. Yep. yep. Um, and water was cut off in 2014 to people who had unpaid bills, which is a huge issue. It's just a lot of shit was going down in that little time. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, so let's fast forward to now. So a lot of it is rebuilding. Um, like I said, since 2009, Dan Gilbert pumped billions of dollars into downtown Detroit, building Little Caesars Arena, Little, Little Caesars Arena, which was huge for just bringing jobs in. It brought the mm-hmm. Pistons back. The Red Wings are there. It's a huge district now full of shops and uh, restaurants, and it's awesome. It was just like a vacant. Do you remember? Have you seen Little Caesars Arena? I have not. I went. I've been to Joe, or I went to what was Joe Lewis Arena, right? Um, but I, I haven't been to the new, the new one, Little Caesars Arena. Yeah, you should. I don't know how close you will be to it. Um, take like get one of them scooters. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Rent yep. one of those scooters. And, those electric scooters. Yeah, just take a little trip because it used to be just an abandoned field, like overgrown grass old buildings garbage everywhere now it's this booming industry yeah and you have little caesars then you have comerica and uh ford field like all within you know three blocks of each other and it's just it's booming it's really cool and uh not only did they build that but they've all the old buildings in detroit are coming back they're being transformed into lofts condominiums yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, high-rise apartments, and I think it's perfect. It almost all makes sense because the style that's in right now is like this rustic, old, industrial, industrial type of yeah. feel for yeah. restaurants, any stores, and it's just perfect because literally all of that's the buildings how in my, Detroit are old as fuck. <laughs> that's how my house is decorated, pretty much. Like, yeah, rustic, industrial, basically. Yeah, yeah, and they're those buildings are getting bought up and yeah, like you said, everybody's into that look right now. Like you said, your house mm-hmm. is like that. I mean, so I think it's perfect. I think that's why a lot of young people, young professionals are flocking to downtown mm-hmm. Detroit, working mm-hmm. at Quicken loans, you know, and just helping 
bring that city back. Yep. Yeah, so it's been cool. Not to mention the Grand Central Station. Ford Motor, uh, Ford Motor Company bought that. Dude, and, that's huge. Uh, it looks so, so they, nice. They're, well, they're not even close to being done yet. So they bought it like a year ago. Yep, um, They have a four-year plan in place. They're completely renovating the entire building. And for anyone who hasn't seen Detroit's Grand like, uh, Central Station, it's this massive, what is it, like, uh, 30 or 40 stories. It's huge. I don't know if it's that it's, tall, but it's big. It's, yeah, maybe like it's, it's 20, between 20 and 35, I would say. It's a really, really big building. There's a ton of like vacant space around it. And for the longest time, it was just a building with the windows like broken out, just kind of standing there decaying. So Ford is planning on turning it into a pretty major office, like, there's going to be shops there they're taking and it's 45 acres of land Mm -hmm. around the building as well um they're doing just a complete like renovation restoration of the building which it's going to be so cool when it's done like it's going to be amazing it's going to be sick because that used to be where people got on the train to go anywhere you know and it used to be this booming really popular spot and then it was a beautiful building so much gorgeous like Yeah. yeah i mean the architecture in Detroit, which we'll get there when we kind of hit our the next part of this episode, but I like it, it blew me away the architecture of mm-hmm. Detroit. Yeah. Yep. 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 I think Ford is using Grand Central Station. Uh, I looked it up as the centerpiece to its mobility focused Corktown campus. So apparently they're going to yes. be they're going to be yep. linking it to other parts of Detroit, which is really really yeah. cool. I yep. think that's. Well, I, I've read things like the people of Detroit are just concerned about how they're going to connect these new districts that they're building. And mm-hmm. like the rail line, the people mover is like this old, I don't know if you've ever been in it. It's like, I have janky. Yeah. It needs to be fixed up. But anyway, because that doesn't connect all of these new districts and these people, they're worried people it's aren't going to get to them and it's going to be all for nothing. So it's just like downtown Detroit pretty much. Yeah, that the people mover act has access to. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, and that's not that's not where everything is. Hmm, yeah, so yeah, Grand Central Station is awesome. It's actually twelve stories, but it seems so large. Twelve stories, yeah. yeah. Wow, it's only tw- <laughs> that's um, that's amazing to me. It's only twelve stories. Yeah, it's huge too, and it was just it is. It's a massive building decaying for so long. People would sneak in graffiti. So they got a lot of yeah. work, but good for them. Yep. Yeah. So that's kind of that's kind of a brief history up until now you know things were not looking great things are coming back now and uh anybody that's living down there can kind of attest to that but you you had your time down there a little bit for the first time in many years so yes you want to talk about that a little bit so the inspiration from this episode came from um i i just spent two weeks in like downtown detroit for uh it was for a training um but the training wasn't the the most interesting part. Granted, it was good. I was determined to explore like Detroit and what Detroit has become because one of my favorite TV personalities, uh, writers, uh, you, I mean, whatever you want to call him, his name was Anthony Bourdain. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I mean, he recently killed him. He killed himself. I think it was last year. But I followed him when he was on Travel Channel, when he was on CNN. He loved Detroit. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and he wrote a bunch about it. And so I had followed like his exploration of Detroit and, and all that kind of stuff. So I, my, my motivation for that was kind of based upon his passion for what Detroit had become. Mm-hmm. So the, the backstory to it, when I left, the last time I was really in Detroit was probably like really in Detroit was probably like late two thousands. Um, when it was not a good place to be like street lights were off because they couldn't turn, they, they, the power wasn't on. Like it just, it wasn't a good place to be. So, you know, that's the perception. That's the image that was in my head was like, well, Detroit's pretty much gone. Like that's what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, over the last two weeks though, it was amazing to be able to explore the city with, uh, with an open mind and see some of the things that I saw. And I also discovered like how much family history I have rooted in Detroit. Like my grandparents met in Detroit, my dad and like my whole, my, my dad's whole immediate family pretty much lived in Detroit and they had a lot of experiences there. So, um, I had the opportunity to go out and explore and see things that I've never seen before and I've never experienced before. Um, and I, my mind, I I mean, I was blown away. I really was. It Mm -hmm. was a really, it was a really, really cool experience. And that motivated me to want to share it and like try to, you know, share this amazing thing that's happening in a place where people, everyone outside of Detroit pretty much that is ignorant about the subject like they see Detroit as like the place you never ever go. You don't like I when, I remember when I was living in Colorado, I told them I was from Michigan and they're like, "Oh, like Detroit." And I was like, "Oh, not really. Like I I grew up like 45 minutes outside of Detroit." Um and they're like, "Oh, wow, that's so bad. Like I'm surprised <laughs> you lived. Like I'm surprised you lived type of thing. Like that's the that's the perception that people have of Detroit who don't who, who don't understand." So, yeah. Um yeah, I started off the first night I was there. I actually I went to Lafayette Coney Island, had a couple Coney dogs, and just sat and like soaked up the atmosphere. Walked around like walking around like mid- the middle of like downtown Detroit was for the first time in many many years, probably a decade, um, was a really awesome experience. Um, but I I mean yeah I did a a ton of exploring in the suburbs and. Um, other areas going to really cool businesses, stuff like that. So, yeah, I think like the outside perception was pretty negative, like you said, for a long time. And I think it still is. I mean, honestly, it's still yeah, is. for people who are in Michigan and people probably live like up north that don't make it down. But I think that what needs to be said is that it's worth coming down to Detroit yes. and checking it out and just seeing yeah. what is here. If like, like check out like the Fox Theater. If you look it up, look up who's coming there, and if you think you could enjoy something, it's worth it to come down. It's <laughs> worth it to come down for I don't know a Tigers game right now. They fuck they suck, but <laughs> it's worth it like an experience to go to Comerica. Yeah, like you don't have to be. I think a lot of people were scared to come to Detroit. Yes, there, or they were just were like there's nothing there anymore. But it's yeah, it's even I have a similar experience like three years ago when I was dropping jess off to a restaurant in detroit like some of our friends was in midtown i think and i got off the highway and i was like wow this is like 
this is amazing right now. It was by, I think it was by Wayne State. Or, yeah, I think it was by Wayne State uh, College, which university, which is downtown Detroit. It's, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. It was like an entire block. All of these people were outside enjoying like the restaurants and walking around to the shops. And I was like, dude, this is like nothing like I've ever seen Detroit before. Yeah. It was awesome. Yep. And like the outside perception is still like, oh, it's it, like Detroit's gone. But like nothing's ever really gone. <laughs> Absolutely. It's come back. And I think, uh, I don't know. I want you to share what else you got out of like your time there. So you went to the Coney Island and like it was, it was really cool. But I mean, what did so, what else did you notice? I'm going to break it down into a, like a couple separate topics because like th- there was so much that I experienced that it's um, just like talking about it. It's going to be easy to get mm-hmm. distracted. So like, I want to start, I want to talk about like the architecture. Um, I was doing most of my training in what was the old GM headquarters. It's now a state of Michigan, like a uh, state of Michigan building. So like, it's a massive, um, it's almost like a state of Michigan headquarters. That's not in Lansing. Um, so there's a ton of state employees, um, DHHS, whatever you want to call it, but it used to be the GM headquarters. It's called Cadillac place. Mm-hmm. Um, that was amazing uh, in and of itself, just going there and seeing that. Um, I mean, you look up at the ceiling and pretty much any building you go into, I went like, I mean, and it's ornate and there's sculptures and there's mosaic tile works. And even down in the basements, um, it's the same thing. I went like the Fisher building, which is, uh, it's where the Fisher theater is. Um, Matt, it's a real tall building in Detroit. Um, again, you look up, it's super like just vaulted ceilings and it's, you know, gold and tile. And uh, I mean, it's, it's incredible to look at. Um, and then <clears throat> going downtown, um, all the old buildings you, I mean, it's, it's amazing what you, what, what you really should do. And what I did, I was, I looked up in the city because when, you know, everyone's looking down at the, at the sidewalk or they're looking like at eye level. But if you look up, you know, there's like gargoyles on the buildings Mm -hmm. and there's like all these cool sculptures and a lot, I mean, a lot of it, it's like, it's like naked ladies and whatever, but it's amazing because buildings, aren't built like that anymore and they probably never will be again it's really incredible yeah um just like the art deco the art deco style of the 20s and like early 30s i mean you don't see that type of stuff anymore so like the architecture in and of itself was really amazing for me because that's something that people don't think about when they think of detroit they don't think of the 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 beauty that's there. So that was probably the first thing that I noticed was like, look up wherever you are, like look up and see what's there. Cause you're probably going to see something that's amazing. Um, the next thing that I noticed was the food. So one of the coolest things that's happening in Detroit right now is a, like a food revolution. Um, you might call it hipster or like whatever, like, <laughs> It's it's younger people who are moving back into the city who are motivated and driven to do some really cool stuff to, um, you know, to, you know, buy local to to make make food that's good and that's inexpensive for everybody. So perfect example. 
I went to a place. It was an old pawn shop, and this is in the suburb. It was a neighborhood called Corktown, yeah. where the train station is. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an old pawn shop that was turned into a restaurant and a really cool bar. And like it's, it was fairly upscale, but like it was moderately priced at the same time. And it was just super cool to feel the atmosphere and be like in this old building that probably was vacant for a while Mm -hmm. that had been reinvigorated. It's like slow's barbecue, which is a super, it's a well famous Detroit restaurant. They kind of started that, you know, they went into this dilapidated building, they fixed it up. Slow's barbecue is amazing. Um, And there's been other places that have moved in, you know, accordingly, but the i mean i i could i could talk about the food a lot i explored a lot and ex- experienced a lot of culinary adventures i went to buddy's pizza the original the buddy's original pizza, buddy's pizza the yeah. original buddy's pizza like there are a lot of offshoot uh chains of that now but the original buddy's pizza was built in 1946 they were the original like creators of detroit style deep dish which like most people have had Jets pizza who live in Michigan mm-hmm. and like, that's what, that's what buddies is. It's, it's Jets, but like so, so much, much better. better. It's, it's homemade. Jets is so like reproduced and manufactured as a chain, but buddies but, is I mean, still like, small yeah. enough where like, it's tastes like it came out of the <laughs> kitchen. You get the idea. Like that's yeah. the, that's the style. It's very of pizza. thick, thick crust, crunchy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's in the atmosphere again, it's like you walk into this building it's not pretentious. It's it. You feel the history in it. Mm-hmm. The coolest thing I, I found about going into Buddy's was Buddy's is in what most people would say is not a good neighborhood. Um, it's like on six mile and it's not. a. I mean, I was expecting it to be like a war zone and it really, really wasn't. I mean, it it probably isn't everyone's cup of tea, but like I felt like I was pretty safe mm-hmm. traveling there. Um, and you walk in and the waitresses and the waiters were all really friendly and like a lot of, it's, it was cool. Cause there's like a lot of white collar workers, you know, they were sitting there eating, having a drink, whatever after work. And there was a lot of blue collar people too. Like it was, su- it was a super cool environment. So, um, the culinary revolution is what, and I, I talked to a lot of people about this sitting at bars or, um, sitting at a table, like. You know, what do you think about what's happening? And they were all just like, yeah, I mean, it's amazing what's happening. And so many, there's so many good places. And I just, I had like a microcosm of what was, what's actually going on. And it's incredible. Yeah. Um, So the food, I can't wait to go back and experience more because I'm I'm going back for two more weeks. So that's going to be super cool. Yeah. I think that like the perspective of you and even myself being on the outside, going in and like experiencing it and like sharing it is, is ultra important. Cause you could say like, mm-hmm. Oh, you're not from Detroit. You don't really know what it's about, but all right, yes. the perspective is still super valid because you want, even if you're from Detroit or not from Detroit, you want people to come into the city. Yeah. Cause that brings business obviously. Right. And it's just like, you want people to experience it and enjoy it for what it is. And it's, yep. It's awesome right now. And that's a good segue talking about like people and culture so the next thing that I really noticed was like Detroit has its own culture. It has its own like feeling its mm-hmm. own emotion. Like just, you can feel it 
you know, going around the city. Um, a really interesting experience that I had was I was coming back from training one day. I was pretty tired. I was just going to go straight back to the hotel and I passed by, it's called the John K King bookstore. Hmm. And, uh, it's a massive bookstore. It's like a giant, it was, I think it was a, what I looked, it was an old like shoe factory and it's, so it's four stories, um, really long building. Um, it's super, it's, it's a super cool building and it, it's, a, there's a big banner on, on the front that says voted world's, you know, biggest bookstore in 2014. And I was like, okay, well, wow. I'm just going to go and check this out. So I walk in and I really did not know what I was in for. <laughs> I walk <laughs> in and it's just like aisle after aisle after aisle after aisle after shelf after shelf after shelf of books. Like I think their one of their claims to fame is they have over a million books. Holy crap. And I mean, it's, it's overwhelming, but like it, the smells and the, the, like the feels and they have books, you know, they've got books like, you know, hundred years old, 200 years old. There's, there's so much stuff. And I, I had like a list of books that I was kind of like, I wonder if they're going to have these. And I ended up not, (laughs) I found one of them only because like my imagination completely took over and I ended up getting like two books written by Teddy Roosevelt. And then I got the Silmarillion written by Tolkien, but like I got a copy that was from like 1975 and it was super cool. The cover art was great. And the Teddy Roosevelt books are from like 1920 and they're leather bound and embossed and like just amazing. Um, And that's that whole bookstore. I mean, like Mm -hmm. you're going to go in there and you're going to find a treasure. There is no crap by any means it's not like you walk into barnes and noble and like whatever it's like you go in there and it's an experience i ended up spending like three hours there and it felt like i was in there for two minutes like honestly it was the lady was like hey we're getting ready to close so if you were gonna if you're gonna check out like you might want to do that um (laughs) and so that in and of itself like that is an experience that people should go and check out like what was it called again the John K. King bookstore. Um, but that's, that's an example of like some hidden gems of culture within Detroit that a lot of people overlook. Um, because I, I had never even heard of it before. If I wouldn't have driven past it, I would have probably never gone there. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of some other stuff. There's so many different, like little dive bars where there's like shows happening and mm-hmm. um you know whatever like there's so much of that too like the cultural piece of it was really interesting for me um i i'm trying to think like i went to a bar it was called Nancy Whiskey it was built in 1902 it's got the second oldest liquor license in the state of michigan um that was super interesting because i walk in and like it's like a union bar so there's like construction workers in there there's like off-duty firefighters in there (laughs) yeah and i walk in and like i'm in khakis and like a polo shirt and everyone's staring at me and i just sit down and like order a guinness because it's a pub uh, like an irish pub and I mean, it was so cool because I felt really out of place at first, but 
just sitting in there, there's pictures of like old Tiger Stadium and mm-hmm. like all these, you know, all these iconic parts about Detroit and just the, I mean, you could feel the age and you could feel the, the culture there. Yeah. It was, it was cool. Cause like, I didn't have enough on my tab to pay with a card. And so the, the bartender was like, well, let's, I'm going to pour you a shot of whiskey and I'll do a shot with you. And you know, that'll be, that'll round out your tab. So like <laughs> we did a shot of Irish whiskey together. It was just a cool experience. Like I, I really felt like that was a very neighborhood yeah. type experience. Very personable. Yeah. And, but, and then you sit in there for a minute and like, everyone's really nice and really cool. But when you first walk in, it's like, Oh God, I've walked into the wrong, I've walked into the wrong place. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Not, but not at all. I've been to a, like, I don't remember where it was where we walked in and like, yeah, there was these construction workers and union workers and people just like having their lunch break. And granted we were like midday doing a paddle pub, which is another thing I think we should talk about. Yeah. Um, And like a group of us walked in, everyone's like, Oh God, here we go. And usually I would think all oh, the bartender be like annoyed that we're this drunk, you know, I don't want to say drunk, but like this intoxicated, having a good time, loud group of people is coming in. Yeah. This bartender was awesome. Like she was just like, Hey, what's going on? Like, like really good bartender. And like, yeah. it was totally a downtime in the early afternoon. And, but they were so welcoming and friendly. Yep. And in return, like, I don't know, we were like, we were like super happy. We got a great experience. Like, it was mm-hmm. awesome. Yep. And I, it was interesting. I, I had so many good experiences, experiences. It's really hard to like put them all into, you know, one, you know, 30 minute time to talk about it. But what I will say is that I went in not really sure what to expect Um, a lot of the people that I'm like, that I was training with, I would, I was trying to get them to come out and explore and they wouldn't, they were afraid to, they were nervous about it. And I did all of this on my own. I did all of this alone. And it was, uh, something that I've kind of taught myself over this, over the last couple of months is finding the beauty and wherever you're at, like what, I mean, whatever it is, find it. And going to Detroit and experience it, experiencing it so closely like I did for two weeks straight, um, it was amazing. Um, and I would, and I was really inspired to share this with anyone who would want to listen because, mm-hmm. um, and on top of that, like the fact that I have family history there made it even more meaningful for me because I didn't know. I didn't know anything about that until I started exploring all these places. And I started talking to my dad and my uncle about it. And they're like, wow, I used to go there when I was a kid or like, that's where grandma and grandpa met like type thing. So, um, I can't wait to go back and I can't wait to experience more. So, yeah. I mean, you're huge on history. Yeah. I love history. I'm a history nerd. Uh, like all those buildings are so old. So, I mean, that totally understand why like that you're digging that vibe. And like all of those old buildings, like we said, are being renovated into these new it's cars a, yeah, and shops. It's amazing. It's such hotels. A cool feel. And, uh, hotels. Yeah. Um, and there's not only just, you don't have to just appreciate the history. Like go there. There's tons of stuff like, uh, like the paddle pubs I was talking about. There's, <laughs> if you have a group of people, they're actually really fun. You like get on this like big bike basically. And you all 
paddle and you're all like drinking and you're going around Detroit to the different bars and you have like four different stops. And it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's the, the punch bowl social, which is like this huge indoor, uh, has a bowling alley, has arcade games, has food, drinks, like he- very popular spot. Um, and not only that, like campus Martius with like, they have a skating rink. They have all these parks, like outdoor basketball. People are always playing. It's very like family friendly. And yeah. not the the biggest one I think we didn't mention yet is Belle Isle. Ooh, yeah, Belle Isle, like, sweet. Belle Isle used to be around when it was like the recession time, and and Detroit was not in a good place. It was also really, really not in a good place. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, it's since really it, made a comeback. It's awesome now. I don't know if it's a state park now, so it's protected. Mm-hmm. Um, it used to be an aquarium there, and a there's zoo, still, and there they, still is. Right. They, the buildings, everything was still there. So they reopened it, redid it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were there a couple of years ago for a rugby tournament. Dude, that was one of the coolest experiences was having that rugby tournament on Belle yeah. Isle. They should, I don't know what happened to it, but it would be awesome if they could keep that up. But it's, it's an awesome place. I mean, my sister and brother-in-law take their kids there. I mean, it's awesome place for a bike ride. Like yep. it's very, it's almost like central park in New York. Is but it's in the middle. Is, is it's in the middle Detroit. of the river, right? It's it's such such a cool place. Yeah, yeah. So, what do you do? You have any plans when you go back? Um. So one of the big places I want to hit is, um, the Shinola Hotel. So Shinola was an old shoe shining polish company. Um, mm-hmm. the brand when they went out of business, but it was revived by this businessman in like 2013 and he based everything out of Detroit. He was a, he was part of like the fossil watchmaking company or whatever. And he started his own company. Um, so this Detroit based company now makes, they make bicycles, they make watches, they make audio equipment, they make leather goods. I mean, like you name it, but it's all really, really high quality, fairly expensive, but like you get what you pay for type stuff. Yeah. Um, and it's all made in Detroit. So awesome. Um, I want to go. They have a couple of actual stores and they also have a hotel now. It's like a boutique hotel, um, which I really want to go check out. But um, I think really what I want to do is just I want I actually want to get on like one of those scooters or like a bike and go ride more around downtown Mm -hmm. and just explore that way rather than like having an itinerary of like, I want to go do this thing and I want to go do this thing. Like just go and see what's cool and see what's what. Um, I have a list of like restaurants that I want to try. Um, but for the most part, like I'm just going to kind of wing it this time around. Yeah. So for sure. yeah, I'm cool. staying, I'm staying in a cool Detroit startup hotel. Um, it's called the Trumbull and Porter hotel. Um, they're in an old, it was like a holiday inn from the 1950s. It was an old, it was a abandoned building that they hmm. fixed up and yep. they're operating as a running like Detroit grown hotel. Um, so I'm going to stay there and they have a lot of cool amenities and you can rent bike like Detroit made bicycles and ride around the city and whatever. So awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes pretty... it's uh, just best to go out and see what you find. I want to ride, I'm going to rent the bike one of the days. I'm going to rent one of the bicycles and I'm going to ride um, and get like takeout from somewhere and then ride onto Belle Isle. Oh, yeah. 
because it's free if you ride or walk to Belle Isle. It's free. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's perfect. If you, if you drive a car, it's like $5 or something. Right. Or if you have a state pass. Yes. You just yep. get on in. Yep. Now that I'm thinking about it, uh, the paddle pubs that I mentioned mm-hmm. probably annoy the piss out of like people trying to work. <laughs> <laughs> like these fucking guys again. Yeah. Like getting in the way because we're literally in the middle of the road. I don't know if yep. you've ever seen them. You probably I saw did, them yeah. down there. Yeah. There, I didn't see any while I was down there, but I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. I'm surprised. I bet you if you go explore, you'll you'll see them. Yep. Usually like people on the sidewalks are digging it and like you yell and like wave and everybody's super friendly. But yeah, people trying to drive. Yeah. Sorry. Trying to trying to live their lives. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, that was great. I think we should leave it at that. I think so, too. Great. Talk to you next time. Yep. Well, here we are again at the end of another episode. I want to thank you guys for joining us as we explored our reflections and some history about the great city of Detroit. I want to thank my mustachioed compadre, Bones, for sharing all that wonderful history and some of his wonderful and warm experiences with the great city of Detroit. As always, we hope you enjoyed this episode, and we hope you will join us next week when we discover the warrior within.